What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. If you are tuning in for the first time, my name is CJ, and I want to personally thank you for giving the show some of your attention. If you are a return listener, you are literally keeping my dream alive, and I am forever grateful for you. Today's conversation is with my wife, Erin. Every quarter, she comes onto the show to chat with me about all the things happening behind the scenes here at Thrive on Life. On this episode, we dive into the questions that we are currently asking ourselves. We are both stepping into our 30s and starting to realize that there are certain things we want to accomplish over the next 10 years. And these things will take a massive sacrifice and commitment. Some of the topics we are covering are what makes us feel alive? What are we getting rid of in our lives? How are we investing into our health? And overall, it is a discussion around becoming better individuals so that we can be better for each other and those around us. So let's get right into the combo and please welcome Aaron Finley. What is up, fam? CJ Finley here, back with another Thrive on Life podcast episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And just like I do every quarter, I bring my wife, Aaron Finley, into the conversation. And I'm super excited for this evening, Sunday. I don't even know the date anymore. Losing track of days. 18th. I'm excited for this conversation because we are going to chat a little bit about what are the questions we've been asking ourselves recently. And I turned 30 earlier this year and Aaron turns 30 later this year. And I think there's a lot on our mind of where we want to go, what we want to do, why we want to do it. And I'd love to just open the discussion up with what is making us feel alive recently because Thrive on Life started with the whole mission to just make us feel more alive and make every day a better day. And I think over the past five years, we've done a very good job of pushing that needle forward. But just like no matter how old we get or where we go, we can always get better. And I'd love to just hear from you. What is making you feel alive recently? Yeah, it's a good question. And I always like to talk a little bit about, and I think we've talked about this on previous episodes before, but a reminder I always like to give myself is that in order to truly understand what makes you feel alive, you have to be thinking about the fact that as sad as it is, or you know, some people might not like this exercise, but our life could end at any moment. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Um, we could lose the ones we love at any moment. We could have a completely different life tomorrow. And a lot of the things that we go through in life are just completely out of our control. But there is something that we can control, and that's our environment, that's our attitude, that's our effort every day. It's how we show up in the world with the time that we have here. So I like this question because it's one that I feel I always give a lot of thought to, but it's interesting to reflect back on how my answer to the question changes as I move through different phases of life. 
And lately, and I think this past year has been a really good period of reflection for me as the world sort of slowed down and we all were forced to actually reflect on what matters most to us and why. And as we're coming out on the other end of things, I've been doing a lot of thinking about what I want my daily life to look like, how I want the next 10 years and the rest of my life to look like, what kind of impact I want to leave on the world if I were to go tomorrow. What would people say about me? What do I want to be known for? And it's a tough question because I'm always somebody with a lot of interests and a lot of passions. And I've been at this Maybe someone else could relate to this, but it's like I've just been going in so many different directions through my whole life so far that I really feel like it's time to narrow in on something. So figuring out what makes me feel alive is my way of getting more towards that focused path. And to me, it's being around people that inspire me and support me and want to collaborate. It's people that have traits that I aspire to have as well and people I admire. It's being in communities that want to lift each other up. It's being outside and exploring things. Even if it's the same path I've been on multiple times, it's finding something new each time. It's being able to see different parts of the world that I haven't yet seen. It's moving outside. It's running. It's competing in fitness events because that makes me feel energized and like I have a purpose and like I'm doing something and it challenges me and forces me to to really dig deep about why I do these things in the first place. So a lot of that is stuff that I can incorporate in everyday life, but it's also a decision that I have to make to make sure that I have the time and, and make it a priority to incorporate those things because I've been on a path so far with my career where it's led me a certain direction and it's at many times forced me to push a lot of the things that I enjoy to the back burner and I'm now getting to a point where I need to bring more things forward that have slipped to the side somewhat and really kind of recenter and reevaluate what the next trajectory of my life looks like. Yeah, so love what you said and I want to dig a little bit deeper into how you said that you feel like it's time to narrow down. Why why now? Because I think for so long I have been trying to figure out what narrowing down looks like. Um and to do that I've been putting my hands in different pots like I have a career in the tech field, I have an engineering degree and that's one part of me. Right. But then there's another part of me that just loves all things movement and fitness and activity and that side of the world. Then there's a side of me that sometimes just wants to escape and live on an island for a while and just live a life where every day I just get to decide what it looks like. And maybe I'm volunteering and that's that's what my life looks like for that period of time. And I like to think of my life in different lives, actually, I should say. Like, I've had a life already, I feel like, up to this point. I'm in another life right now. And then I think I have multiple lives left to live. And I, I don't like to think that just because of decisions that we've made in our past, we have to 
continue down a certain path just because it's what we started. I think every day is an opportunity to constantly reevaluate and reassess and start making more decisions that are more aligned with where you truly want to be and where you're evolving to be because I do think that we continuously evolve and sometimes what we think is best for us might not be in different phases of life. So why I feel like I'm trying to narrow down now is because I look towards the next 10 years of my life. I want to hopefully start a family in the next couple of years. And I think that will change our lifestyle quite a bit. And when I get to that point, I want to be really focused. And I don't want to feel like I didn't try the things that I wanted to go all in on. And that's really what it comes down to for me is right now I have this time to go all in on something. And that's what I've been missing. I have been sort of putting we had talked about this recently with friends and the analogy was like we have one foot in different buckets and I've never really tried to put two feet into something. So I I think that it's it would be a regret of mine to not go two feet into something that I just want to try. Yeah, I think something that I've watched you struggle with is determining what life you want to live now because I think for a lot of people out there, it's overwhelming to realize that there's so much we can do in this world. And when there's so many choices, it's very hard to make a choice rather than if you only had two options, you would pick, it's a lot easier to pick an option. And for you, it's one of those things where you can do so many things very well. But what are the things that, again, going back to the first question, make you feel alive where you want to put two feet in? And I think in today's society, we feel pressure to like achieve things very quickly. And I think that's the other thing where I try to look at it is like, where can you put two feet in for the next five years into something? And then you have another five years because anything worthwhile is going to take time. And I think that's a, a struggle with the instant gratification society that we, that, that we live in is just like, we're always trying to put one foot in well, I think it's in diversifying our risk too, it, because it's kind of like we're conditioned to want to play things safe. And so the way that I equate it, it's like when you get invited, like getting invited to things and you never say yes, because you're waiting for that next thing to be invited to so that you don't really have to accept or decline. And that's why how I think a lot of people live their life of like, I'm just going to wait till the very last minute to decide what's best. But like, there is no last minute, like life can end at any moment, but it is like pretty long. So patience is a virtue and figuring out like, okay, whatever you put your two feet in, you can go all in and then you can change down the line. So what are some of those things that you would like to put two feet into during your lifetime? And I'll ask you that question rather than what do you want to put two feet into right now? That's a harder question to answer. But during your lifetime, the next 40, 50, 60 years, what do you want to put two feet into? One of the things I want to put all my eggs into at one point is uh, working on a mission to inspire and empower younger women. I've talked about this before and I've started my own community, Girls With Goals, but lately it's been something I've had to kind of brush to the side. Like I said, certain things have had to move to the side and I am truly passionate about that because as I think back to my life and where I am now, and everything that's led me up to this point, it goes back to the lessons that I did and didn't know as I was a little girl. And then I, 
I think back to what other things I want to get involved in in my life and the connective thread of all of that is confidence. And so what I'm passionate about in, in sending as a message to younger generations of women is that they have everything in them already to do what they want to do. I feel like as women, I know I personally always felt like there had to be more steps to take before I was able to make the next step. So it was always like, oh, I'll be able to do that once I do this. And I never really had the belief in me until recent. I mean, I think this is something I'll continuously work on for the rest of my life. But having that belief that I've already have whatever I need to do the things that I want to do, it's it's innate in us. And it's just having that belief. And I think there's something missing in education and in the communities that younger girls are a part of that gives them that power and the feeling of, oh, I can do what I want to do and I have the strength to do that and I can be a part of that community and that community and it's okay if I show up as I am. And so I think, as I think back to my life and where I want to go, that that is one thing that I feel confident that I want to have a legacy of being known to help women with that. I think the last part you said there also goes back to what I was saying about instant gratification though. It's it's one of the things like the hard thing is going to be hard. And I think that steers people away from trying new things because you don't have that confidence in the beginning. And especially as a woman, like you're the perfectionist mentality is just bred in mm -hmm. you. And that causes you to shy away from trying new things because as a guy, like I can just like just, shrug my shoulders and go do something new but for for I women I don't think it's a male female thing I think it's a personality thing I because I know a lot of guys that are no, similar to me No 100% is like you guys have to wear makeup why do you have to wear makeup We don't we don't have yeah. to Yeah we don't have You you guys choice. are ridiculed No it's you a create choice. you create that atmosphere for yourselves I've 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 seen it and you felt it dance you used to be a dancer you were ridiculed I was not ridiculed on the soccer field for what I looked like Okay Right. So that perfectionist mentality then breeds. Sure. I, I think that there are many women, that, women, sorry, that I have grown up in those types of environments. Yes. But then there are others that weren't. So I, I think it's, it's, but I'm definitely talking about the majority. Like, do you feel like you have equality in the workplace? No, no, but I don't want to make this. A, I know, but a I'm, I'm going to that because you don't feel that way. That is a hit on confidence. And we're talking about, you mentioned inspiring young women, right? So it's a two pronged approach. Like it's not just girls need to inspire girls. It comes from males need to learn how to bring women into the conversation as well. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to get at. So one of the things that I think you you could potentially do and we could potentially do is merge those two worlds and that's something where i think we've done a great job of behind closed doors with each other of i mean you were just training for high rocks with me earlier today and at one point i'm coaching that's a good you, example then, actually of of an environment that i wouldn't naturally feel welcome in um well maybe that has to do with my past as a competitive dancer but it's interesting to like part of the reason why I even did that training and for anyone on the other end of this conversation that's not familiar with high rocks it's a fitness competition that CJ recently competed in 
where it's like considered the world championships, quote unquote, of fitness with eight kilometer uh, total run and eight different workout events with a kilometer run in between each. And it's functional fitness tailored to any type of athlete that traditionally trains in endurance and strength. And the competition, seeing the competition last week was really impressive and really inspiring. And it definitely lit something up in me that I felt like I've been missing, even though I was just watching from the sidelines. But there's something about that atmosphere that just makes me want to execute with that level of discipline in my life. So the team here in Austin has been training and today I decided to go for it and just do a trial run to see how I would do. And as I think through this morning and then my whole past of dance and the types of fitness I pursued once dance was no longer a huge part of my life, it's always been like teetering on the line of, oh, I can't cross the line into that type of type of workout. That, like that's not me. And there wasn't really a feeling in me today through the trial of like, oh, this is so much fun. I like this. I can see myself doing this. But there was this kind of flip the switch in my mind of like, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I won't compete, but this is cool that I'm actually putting myself out here and doing this and trying it because that's a huge step for me. And why? It's because it is typically an environment and something I never really did before. I never pushed a sled or pulled a sled or did all of that with weight. And I think it's something that goes, it should be worth saying that like, we should be seeking out opportunities to do what makes us uncomfortable, period. And today was an example. And if I do do this event, that's going to be an example of something that is just not comfortable to me. And it's because I haven't trained for it. I'm not used to it. It's against what I've always done. It's not like really something I would aspire to do. Um, but maybe that's what makes it something I should do. So I need to find more of those things to add into my life. And that's what I'm looking to do in the next couple months and years. Yeah. And again, like that's called putting two feet in. Like what you did was put two feet into the workout you did earlier and you just blocked everything else out. And the funniest thing is like, do you think I want to like be out there doing that? Like it sucks just as much for me, like even worse because you did, you do better than I do. Like you have the endurance. I don't, I've just been strength training for a decade now after college sports. And the reason I'm doing this is because it is so hard. And I know that because it's so hard, putting two feet into something that is really challenging me is going to bleed into everything else that I do in my life. And just relating this back to kind of what we were saying before of building that confidence, it's you basically showed up to something that nine out of 10 women wouldn't, but also it has to come back to the male side of it being welcoming to hey, come try this thing and I think you could really do well in this. And that's that was the thing that I told you afterwards. It's like, I want you to compete because I think that you have this natural innate ability that you don't know you even have. I see it from the sideline. And it's interesting because I grew up playing sports and when you're playing, it's it's hard to tell how good you really are until you watch like the game tape. Cause you see kind of like what you do when maybe the ball's not at your feet or something's going on that 
you're not the highlight reel of that moment. That's where you really see like, what are you made of? And last weekend really showed me, okay, I've been training. I've been running a lot more for the past year and I still didn't do as well as I wanted to do. So there's two options there. It's okay. This just isn't for me because it's hard and I trained and I still didn't do as well. Or I'm going to go back to drawing board and keep fine tuning my process because if I can do this, what else out there yeah. is there? And, that and I this kind of goes back to, I mean, we could go on the subject of fitness competitions. Like I, I like to do half marathons and hoping to do a full marathon this year. And when I sign up for things like that and like how you had a time in mind for High Rocks, it's like we should to some extent just be proud of ourselves for doing it in the first place. But where we sometimes get in trouble with ourselves is putting these high standards of times that we want to achieve. And I think that's great. And it's super cool to, to reach the goals. But sometimes it's like having the second frame of mind that's like, wait a second, I still did the competition and I did great. And I, I showed up and that counts for something. It's like we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves when we don't meet these time goals. And, and this goes for anything too, like uh, goals that we set in general. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Aaron. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Aaron Finley. I want to flip this though, because I've been thinking lately, why not be hard on yourself? Why can't we be hard on ourselves, but in a positive way? Like, I think why for do sure you, think you can like- be hard on, ourse- hard on ourselves in a positive way, and that's the only way. But I am somebody that like definitely has to be careful about the amount of stress it induces on me unnecessarily. So, because like I'll put a time limit in my mind for a race, and if what my day to day life is like brings stress, then that goal of meeting the specific time is going to add additional stress that I don't need. So it's But like, that's where I would challenge you as to why does it add that additional stress? Because this is how I operate. Like, okay, I have, a, I have a time. This is how I operate now, now that I've really done some internal work over the past couple years. I set a time goal. I don't hit it. I'm not frustrated or stressed or upset. I'm hard on myself to the point where it's like back to the drawing board Here's the process I'm now entering. I got to work harder now. That's where I'm harder on myself. It's not a negative, oh, like, 
No, I don't like, mean it like that. I mean, like, I know that if I want to do a half marathon in an hour and 30 minutes, that's going to be a lot of, and then even in my day to day when I'm at my job, I need to add in some more systems there so that I have control. And I think that if I were to say, okay, I'm going to continue with my job, which has me going to the office every day from like eight to 5.30, I come home, it's like after six sometimes, and I have to train for this half marathon where I technically need to be running like 30 plus miles a week at a pretty fast pace. If I had a hard day and I'm going to go tell myself that I have to run six miles, maybe like those six miles isn't the best thing that I need at that but time. But why'd you have a hard day? And that's where I knew you were going to get into it. It's like having a What's the priority, I think, right? It's- I think that you overcomplicate a lot of things and that like simplifying. Like if I were to tell you in 2021, your only goal of this year is ru- to run a 130 half marathon time at the Hawaii half marathon. If I said that's the only goal the rest of the year, everything else gets simple because that is the only thing that matters, right? So everything else falls after that. Even I would say even to in our relationship, especially when you're married, if you were to set that goal and you'd be like, I need your support in this, I need to adjust what I'm doing so that you hit this goal because it's a we goal, not a me goal. So this is where I think, because you mentioned girls of goals, you mentioned all these things you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think, again, the two feet in is going to make you less stressed, not more stressed. And I think that you come from a lens and I think a lot of people come from a lens, including myself, and I'm finding myself, I'm putting two feet in the high rocks. And it's starting to bleed into everything else that I'm doing. I'm having more fun. I feel better. I'm having better conversations with people. Uh, More business opportunities are coming my way solely because I'm doing something that I was like, you know what, this is going to be hard, but I just want to go all in on this. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I am training for the high rocks right now. And I don't give a crap about what what anything else that's going on, right? But that's simplified my process for everything else. And when that's number one, everything else becomes number two. I can say no to meetings. I can say no to phone calls. I can say no to things that stress me out and everything else will fall in line. And I think for you, play checkers, not chess. Mm-hmm. Like make it simple. Just one move at a time where I think if you were to just set, set a goal. I also would challenge you when you used – the way that you used to be with goals, you, your, your mental capacity – and spirituality and physical health are way better now. Yeah. So you have the tools and resources now and you also have a better you have better people around you. Not meaning that you didn't have great people then, but like we've all evolved too. We've right. gotten older and we have better tools too. So you're in a better environment to set a hardcore goal because even if you didn't hit it, it's not like the end of the world anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like it could have been 10 years ago. Like if 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 I had a bad game like that sucked. It took it took a huge toll on me versus today. It's more like back to the drawing board. Let's keep this process going. So what are your thoughts on the simplification of a goal and how that would affect your life moving forward? I do think it would help block out some of the noise. I think not having the rigidity it enables me to be more likely to take part in things that I would say no to otherwise if I had a strict goal. And that can be good to an extent, but also it's distracting. And I feel like it allows me to not get as much done for me. 
And that's kind of what I've come to the realization of recently, which is like, what am I actually doing for me? I've put all these things that I wanted to do for me on the back burner for what? And so I think having something that is for me, regardless of what the goal is, just knowing that I'm working every day on something that I want to achieve and working towards that and making a plan and sticking to it and having fun with it and enjoying the process is going to make me feel better about everything else that I decide to take part in and actually have a better filter on what I do and don't decide to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I I think a lot of it, I mean, even when I think about it for you, you're, you're fighting a toxic past. Like you're fighting you used to be a certain way when you're going after goals and going after things. And I think just having this conversation, some of your hesitation of putting two feet in is because you've done that before and it has not ended in the right way that you wanted it to. So now you're hesitant. But again, I just think that I've watched you progress year over year and like us progress and our community progress. You, you have the tools now where, where you know more so what do you really want to put two feet into? I think that you used to put two feet into a bucket that you didn't even like being in deep down Mm -hmm. and you didn't really know that. And I think I did the same thing. Like we all do. I think a lot of us go to college for the wrong degree for the, we go to the wrong college for the wrong reasons. We take on debt for the wrong reasons. We make choices earlier in our life that later on in life we're like, Oh, if I would have known myself, maybe I wouldn't have made that choice. I don't regret the choice because I am who I am right now because of those choices that I made. But if I'm going to put two feet in now, it's going to be, should I actually care about? And a good instance for me is like, I played soccer my whole life. I haven't touched a ball in, I mean, when's the last time I played? A couple years. Years, right? Because I started thinking to myself, was I playing for me? Or was I playing because I was good enough? And when I went out there, I would get attention from people. It wasn't, I didn't really love it that much. Like I love what we're doing now. Like what we did earlier today where it's like a couple of us and then we have good conversations after and then I can sit in the sun and I'm not getting slide tackled by dudes that think we're in the World Cup. Like that's way more me. That's what I want to put two feet into. But I used to put two feet into something that I didn't even know was really not for me. Now, maybe I'll start playing again like when we have kids and stuff like that. But for you, I think it, it's relatively similar. It's just like the running. When's the last time you really ran a race? When was the, when was the last time that was priority? Well, my last race was my best race, but even then I wasn't training like it was my job. What would happen? How much would you impress yourself if you made Trained what like you it was loved my job. like yeah. it was your job? Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to see. I think there's there's merit to not making it like that though because i think part of what's kept it what's kept it fun for me is having it be a side passion is there is is there any ego part of you where you kind of get off on being like i do this part-time and i'm but i'm still really good at it no you sure yes i can say that for sure for sure for sure, because for I'm not sure. confident that it, even if I put, I, I think there's diminishing returns and I do believe that less is more. So I've really think I found the sweet spot of like, what is the threshold of that I need to be pushing here for the returns I want with with my fitness? And it's, 
I know like that sometimes a couple extra workouts or runs isn't going to really move the needle forward. It actually might hurt me. So that's why I think. Well, you have to define. And for anybody listening, it, this doesn't have to be fitness. This doesn't have to like it. Can, you can mold this in any way. I'm kind of like picking her brain on like the questions we've been asking ourselves is like, really, what do we want to put two feet into? And how do you like the way that you really put two feet in the stuff is get paid to do what you love. And I'm, I know what this feels like. Yeah, so I'm I think to, one of the, my goals is I would love to be like a sponsored athlete. But then you got to so, put two feet in right, and train right. like So what drops. does that so look like? What do sponsored athletes do? Sponsored athletes train like it's their job. It is their job. And that's not realistic for me right now because I have a job, but I can treat this like it is. I can take it as serious as though it is. And I can start to envision and act and show up in the world as if that's the person I want to be because that's what I need to do more of in general. And I think this is a good tip for anyone is just show up every day like the person you want to become and then be that person today and just know what that person would be doing and the types of things they would do and how they would act and how they would treat people and be that person every day. And you will become that person. Yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes. Who do you want to become? So now I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, I think one of the important things that we've been reflecting on lately and kind of touched on this a little bit just now, but when, as you ask yourself the tough questions lately, what is something that you've noticed you need to do less of? What are you getting rid of in your life? Or what are we getting rid of? And I've really peeled back the layers in the past year and gotten rid of a lot of things. Um, So recently, this is actually a hard question. Uh, what has been going through my mind that I am getting rid of? Honestly, expectation. I'm going to be vague here, but just my, my level of fucks given has just in terms of what I'm expecting from life has really gone down. And what does that look like? What I mean by this, yeah, what it looks like. Okay, a great example is we had contractors in here finishing up the da- uh, fixing the damage that happened in February from winter storm, and that was such a random life occurrence that threw us for a loop, right? And I think we handled it really well. We it's like we almost didn't miss a beat, but I think we handled it so well because my expectations of like. I got to get this done by this amount of time with this person and this business and whatever is not existent anymore versus what used to happen is like, I'll be like, I'm building Thrive. I got to get the website done. I got to talk to this many clients. I got to talk to this many people. And I would expect things in return for that energy invested versus now it's like, man, life is crazy if I can just be grateful for every day that I get to wake up and I get to be in the sun and I get to meditate and I get to have great conversations with you, then it's a great day. And the February thing was really what made me realize that I've come so far in that because I was just grateful that we had each other to to lean on because it made me realize there was a lot of people out there that were alone in that process. And we have such a badass community here that was helping each other and literally thriving through something that was terrible that's when it really hit me that my level of expectation of like having cars and houses and just things in general 
whether it's business, life, I'm just happy that we're here, we're alive, we got a heartbeat, and that I have an opportunity to get better every day. And I think you've also started to think about how you can optimize the work that you take on from now on. So what does that look like? How okay, so changed? if we're talking business, what I've gotten rid of is being a yes man. I've realized that, again, time is finite. Money is not finite. Things are not finite. They'll always be there. Time, my time here on earth, that is very finite. And I need to be working with people that have the same moral code as I do, that are striving for things that are above and beyond themselves. And the only way for me really to do that is to work with a, a certain tier of people in business. Now I've gotten better at realizing who those people are and what tier they're at versus I used to just kind of run around with a, like a chicken with my head cut off and mm -hmm. just try and help everybody, which sounds great, but you just get burned out and then the people closest to you don't get the best of you. So I've really focused on how do I give the best to myself, then give the best to you, and then give the best to a certain few that are also giving their energy out to the masses. So that's where I've, I'm no, more lo no longer a yes man. I'm more so if you want my time, you're either going to pay for it or we're going to figure out how this is going to be mutual beneficial because I know my worth. Yeah, I think. It's important to really, I think that kind of goes down the path of what I was saying, which was like focusing in. Do you know that what you're saying yes to be involved in is aligned with what you want to do? Is that the next question? Yeah. Like, how do I know? How, how are you making that? What's the filter? Um, to be honest, is it fun? Like I, I kind of keep this answer simple because if it's not fun to me, then I lose interest very quickly. Like I know myself, it's, it's very hard to keep my attention. So if things aren't fun, and a great example is like, I hate drama. If I'm working on a project and there's drama at any capacity, like you're not like, I'm not gonna answer in Slack. I'm not gonna, you're not gonna see me in Trello. You're not gonna, you're just, I'm kinda gonna go be a ghost at that point. And I've noticed that with myself, that as soon as drama pops up, I like ghost things and when I peel back that onion, it's like, there's a saying in life, I forget how it goes, but like the most intelligent people talk about ideas and dreams mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then when you go down the tier, like the least intelligent are talking about people and just other bad negative things, right? So when I start noticing that, it's like, that just is a suck of energy from me at every capacity and that no longer is fun to me. So I've been fortunate recently though that like, I don't really deal with any of that because I'm so steadfast in that, that as soon as it doesn't become fun, I make it clear that, hey, if this doesn't change, I'm out or it just stays fun because we figure out how to keep it that way. So Yeah, I think that's a good filter. I think not everyone has the ability to determine what they work on based on whether it's fun or not but it's good to at least think about what that personalized filter is for you like if you're in a job where you're taking on projects like how do you decide what to say yes and no to I think it's important to kind of know what's aligned with I have to challenge you though because like even at my corporate job like what I didn't find fun like I was young then mm -hmm. if I had to go get a job tomorrow I would still keep the job fun 
Like sure. I, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about not having to do things that I don't want to do. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what keeps things fun. Like I still do things. You mean on like the people basis. you work with? Yeah. Like, like are the people you work with positive and supportive and is it a fun environment? Future focused, regardless of what it is. Right. Totally. So I think to just kind of change trajectories a little bit, one of the other things that we've been talking about a lot is investing in health and how that's changed over the years, but what it looks like right now. So I think one of the ways I've been investing in my health specifically is focusing a lot on stress management and using data to understand that. Um, how about you? We can sleep. Yeah. Like I've, I mean, I supplements too. You've been I think really... the other thing that I've changed that I used to do a lot, like I've reduced my reading a lot this year. Reading. Yeah. I used to read like very heavily, like every day, 20, 30, 40 pages. And I've put sleep above reading now. So I probably reduced down to like 10 pages a day um, and really realized that I'm at a point in my life where I need to be recovering better first and then just getting my health in check mm -hmm. and not putting that pressure on me to ingest so much information because I was putting a ton of pressure on myself to just learn and get to that next level and be that entrepreneur that I always knew I could be. Versus like shifting the mentality of like, I'm never going to be the entrepreneur if I'm not healthy. Right. So it's just like, what is the cost of waking up at six or 6.30 when I could wake up at seven, get an extra hour of sleep and the, the whoop and the aura ring have shown that I do struggle with an autoimmune disease. So that extra hour and like, even just comparing it to you, like you can go off less sleep than me. And I've, having these tools has really shown me, I used to just get up when you got up Versus you've probably noticed that sometimes like there are days where I just sleep through and that's because I've decided like that is more important to me. And ultimately that's me taking care of me so that like when you come home later in that day, I'm a better husband versus I think I used to, this is what used to go through my head. If any guys can out there can relate, it's just like, like I want to be the best I can be for you. Right. So when you're waking up, I'm like competitive. I'm like, she's up. I gotta be up. Right. But at what cost? does that have over the long run? Because it does take me longer to recover than I, and we've seen the stats, you can go off less sleep than I can and still be great. And I can't. And that, to be honest, that's an ego check. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's just being aware that I think we're conditioned to kind of think like the more you achieve in a day, the more productive you are in a day, but really what if your productivity was dependent on getting the full night's sleep that you needed and where's the emphasis on that? So, I mean, I'm not saying we should all be sleeping in and, and lazy about it, but getting enough sleep, like adequate sleep for you and knowing what that But that I equate sleeping in to, like, I think this has a negative connotation because when most people think of sleeping in, they, they think of sleeping till noon. Like, that's not what I think sleeping in is. For me, like sleeping in is sleeping in to the time that you, you naturally need wake up. To sleep I think it's to. sleeping till you naturally wake up. Yeah, without like your alarm. That, like, like that's what it should be. That's how life should be. We've literally yeah, I agree. Gone away from like we are literally sacrificing our health to make more money to then spend that money on our health. Like it just yeah. doesn't make. sense. I don't know how me. this this will work, but I really do. Am I'm hopeful and I envision a world where we do prioritize sleep, things like sleep and things like people's optimal scheduling and 
how your schedule impacts what else you do in your life when it comes to work. Like if we could all operate on a just here's, you know, the recommended hours that we say you should work per week, do it on your time, be able to attend certain meetings. But like if you don't want to start until 10 or something and somebody but I'm else wants to start you. at 7. It starts with the people that are working. They can't fire us all. Like that's how I look at it. So the more people that stand up, they can't fire the world. So like, I think it, it's just, it takes a I think personality it's just a slow wave you, of, you know, these are like the timeframes where meetings should occur. And this is how you can mold your, your day. And I think it, it is starting, like we're seeing the world shift to more flexibility with remote work. And I think that's a really good step in the right direction to, to honoring what's best for people's personal lives. So cool. I think it'd be cool to ultimately have a day where <laughs> we have more respect for people that operate better I don't later think we'll in the ever morning see it. or like that's just human nature i think we were talking about this the other day like all the problems in humanity lie in humans inability to be sit quiet. in a room yeah. and be quiet and do nothing it's impossible for most people why do you think that is because our minds are the biggest enemy. But why do you think more people don't try? When you do something, you don't you lose the ability to really think about what's bothering you. So why do you think I'm asking why do you think people shy away from just sitting with themselves in their thoughts with no distractions? So like no phone, no TV, no music, no friends, no nothing. Just by yourself in your thoughts. Not necessarily meditating, but just like even being on a walk with yourself. Why do people not do that more often? What's the reason? I mean, I think the answer is it depends to questions like this. But if I were to base it off of the experiences that I've had and the people that I've been around, the reason that people can't do that is they are scared to look in the mirror and realize they have flaws. When you sit there and you think, like, if I block out the noise, right, you start having these thoughts that creep up that a lot of people just want to block out. They want to block out, oh, did I do this? Did I do that? Like, yeah, it's, like it's a my past, thing. My, like my future. It's a very, your, your mind can be very overwhelming. So what do they do? They block the noise out by just yeah. doing random shit. It's but easier I also to think just that, follow the path than it is to determine your path. Yeah, I also just think that people don't think to do it because we're so conditioned to always have something on whether it's background noise or but you're be conditioned with somebody because else. you're you're curing pain like humans don't like pain like animals don't like pain but Sitting why would you necessarily why but i don't think so i don't think so necessarily it is when have you been able to sit still for more than 10 minutes i think like if i go on a bike ride all by myself like that's not painful. That's still that's not sitting joyful. still. I'm, t I'm talking about if I told you to sit on the edge of that carpet right now yep. for 20 minutes, you couldn't do it and I stare at the it wall. If you told me to do it, yeah, that but was that's my the task. point. I'm telling you to do it. I'm saying without anyone telling you, could you sit there? No. Well, because I either. if I needed to just sit and do nothing, I would rather be like meditating in a place outside or something okay. not on the edge of a carpet. Okay. <laughs> but even still, I've asked you to meditate every day. Why can't you? I don't think it's that I can't. It's just that I haven't, I have to make it a, more of a habit. Um, there are times when I definitely prioritize it and other times when I just kind of let it slip. Why don't and you prioritize it? 
That's a good question. It's if you know that that's one of the best things for your health, why don't you prioritize it? I don't know. I probably should start prioritizing it. I think it's just something that hasn't been – it's it's something that I have to do for a long period of time in order for it to be a habit because I will go through a couple of days where I have the time and make the time, I should say, and then it kind of falls off. So it's something that I definitely just have to stick to to make it like second The nature. reason you don't do it is because it causes some type of pain. That's why. So going back, it causes a pain of – I got to switch my schedule around. It's, it's it, I'm not talking pain as in like super. You mean it's slightly uncomfortable yes. or like inconvenient. Humans don't like that. They like to reduce pain, right? Well, it's not just that. It's like changing your idea of convenience. So like to your point, I might feel like meditating before I go to bed is inconvenient because I want to brush my teeth and then get in bed at this, like whatever. Like I, there's some routine that I've just done my whole life that seems normal. But what if we just change the idea of what the routine should be and like flip the idea of what convenience is where instead of coming downstairs and having your coffee in the morning and your breakfast or whatever, flipping on the news or music, it's you come downstairs and you meditate first or you get out of bed and you meditate first. You don't look at your phone. You don't look at these other things or turn other distractions on. And that's just comes with reevaluating and redefining what your, what your routines are. Just like we started anything we do in life. Yeah. So if you're asking for the short answer as to why, back to the original statement of humans inability to sit in a room and be quiet, it's because it causes some type of uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah thing i think we should all strive to do that more though because i I mean i know i could use to do it but here's here's the here's the interesting thing if i looked at the groundbreaking things that happened in my life they all surrounded around the most pain but pain as in physical pain just all of it the most uncomfortable i've gotten it was uncomfortable to reach out and text you before we even dated and say i'm gonna fly across the country and I have no idea what Houston, Texas looks like. Like that was uncomfortable for me. I had no idea what to expect and look where it ended. And then when you left your job in Nashville. Yeah, that you know how much <laughs> what was going through my head? Like that was crazy. But as soon as I broke that, it helped me in the business world because I was like, oh, if I could do that, what can what can I do? Right. So it's just like that's where, again, going back to the the questions we're asking ourselves, I think another question I'm asking myself is where instead I've I've it's more just like, un- what are we all afraid of? That's I, Yeah, I mean that, but also you and I ha- and every human being out there has gone through pain that they couldn't decide in their life. Like whether you got sick or someone passed away around you or just things that you couldn't control, but that probably made you stronger. So why not put yourself through scenarios that make you so uncomfortable that make you stronger? Why not choose that? So in my head, I'm thinking like, man, the business stuff and everything. I think that's the other thing. Well, that, that is I'm why. Letting go that's of why is I'm like, so passionate about fitness because that's like a great example of this is painful, but every time I'm going up this hill or whatever, it's like the next obstacle I face in life. I, why not practice with something that I choose to do? And the people that don't choose to to do the uncomfortable things in their daily life probably have a harder time when the uncontrollable things come through. No, that's 100% what I'm getting at. 
but that's what the question I'm asking myself is what type of pain do I want to go through this year and next year mm -hmm. and the years after that, what is going to sharpen me? So a lot, a lot that's been on my mind recently is just like having kids, right? Like what is going to sharpen me so much that I'm ready for that? And I think that's one of those things where being disciplined enough where like, again, going back to where we're at with high rocks and business and stuff like that. I think what makes having kids easier is if I can be disciplined to a regimen, it's going to be easier when, when they get here because creating that regimen uh, around them then gets easier rather than mm -hmm. what I would call organized chaos where I could be so sharp going into that where they're ultimately going to have a better life because of the pain I'm putting myself through now rather than like what most I think do is it randomly happens and then they learn a lot of lessons along the way for sure. But how can I learn the lessons prior to getting there? Mm -hmm. How can I put myself through the pain so that when I am there, it's like you're operating on all cylinders because you've already trained yourself mm -hmm. to be like that. So that's a question that I'm asking myself a lot recently is like, and that's how the Hyrax even started was last year. It was very painful. It was such a, it was bad. Like I did terrible and I felt terrible after it. And it really made me realize that I have, I'm not as fit as I am mentally, spiritually, and physically. And now here we are where this year it's like, we're already thinking, what are the next things after May that we kind of want to do? Yeah. I think one of them for me is some type of camping oriented thing where like we're in the wilderness and like things are like, I don't have this hot shower. <laughs> and yeah. we kind of went through that in February here, but you still had the house. But like being in a tent or being in a sprinter van and and not having the resources that we have, I think that's one of the, the things that I want to test maybe for a month or two. Yep. I think that'd be a good test. So we're about out of time. So what would you say your takeaway is from this conversation? Um, I think the biggest takeaway that I have from tonight is that – at the end of the day, you have to do what you really want to do. Like your story, there's 7 billion people around on the earth right now, all walking with one lens and they see the world that they see through their eyes. And I think we forget that you have this ability to tell this really cool story over your lifespan, but it takes hard choices and for you to stick up for yourself to say this is what i'm willing to sacrifice on my left hand so that i can tell the story on my right and i think a lot of people out there end up telling a story that is kind of in the middle where they didn't put the line in the sand and it's like half their story half their parents their friends whatever i really want to make my story my story and our story and our family's story and i think that this year I've been doing a, a much better job at letting go of expectations, not caring what my title is, not caring what anybody thinks, and really just going after what story do I want to tell myself and my future kids and what story do you and I want to create for ourselves? Because really that's all we have at the end of the day is the things that we've done in this life and that feeling that we got after at the end of the day. When you're in bed, was it a great day? Was it a good story? 
Mm-hmm. And how do you just make every day a good story? And then if you have, make every day a good story, every week becomes a good story, every month, every year, every decade, and your life becomes a good story. Yeah. And I think it's really about that. Like you should be thinking about what kind of legacy you want to leave. And what you told me, I think one of the biggest takeaways on my end is just kind of focusing in on one thing and really putting both feet forward to it and blocking everything else out. Not Not blocking it out, but just not feeling like you have to move the needle forward and all these goals, but just like, what is the one goal that you want to dedicate your time to over the next, you know, short horizon? And then knowing that you're moving towards that at the end of every day is a good thing. And I think that can make, that can pour over into all the other areas of your life. And that makes you a better person. What, what is going to feel so good after you accomplish it that you're going to cry? Like that's, and I'm a male, like I, I cried earlier today watching a video of a guy that was 406 pounds trying to lose weight and run a marathon. You could tell how much that meant to him, like, and his, and his wife. And that's another thing that I've been thinking about is what could I do? Like High Rocks literally with you and Chelsea and Noah and Joe up there, like it literally gave me that feeling in my, in my heart that. I was in the right place at the right time with the right people. And that's where, if anybody's listening, I know a lot of the goals that you have on your on your plate, they're not gonna make you cry when you achieve them. You're probably just gonna check it off and then move on to the next thing. But what is that one or two things? What are those one or two things that if you were to accomplish that, you would break down and be so damn proud of yourself and you would live in that glory for a little bit rather than just moving on to the next thing. And that is what I want to end here with. And I love y'all. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please reach out to Aaron and I. We would love to connect with you. We have some things in the works. We're probably going to be chatting a lot more on some podcasts later on this year. So I'm excited for that. And if there's one thing that you can do for me, I'm trying to get better at asking for help. And that's please rate and review if you haven't this podcast. It's really the only thing that helps get us a little bit more noticed. So... If you liked this episode or any episode prior, please rate and review the show. I love y'all. Can't wait to see you guys next time. Until then, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.